welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, or All Saints Sunday, for the week of November 3rd, 2019. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast. And again, like last week, because there's so many readings this week, we really have to kind of jump right into it. So before even really giving you some type of introduction, let's jump into our shameless plug for Working Preacher. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Between their Sermon Brainways podcast, their commentary, their discussions, it helps me, since I am not an ordained minister, give direction on this podcast on a week-to-week basis and make sure that there's some type of point of where I'm going to be able to bring these two together. If you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. Again, as I have said multiple times before, if you have not checked out God Friended Me on CBS, I would argue it's one of the best shows on CBS, if not on television in general. I really enjoy how it kind of shows the interaction, how God works through people whether they know it or don't know it, in so many mysterious and cool ways. It's a very, very cool show if you haven't checked it out. Finally, before we get into this week's podcast, we have to look at last week and how can you make a difference this week. Last week, I brought up hashtag Team Trees, and as I'm recording this podcast right now, I just updated that, and they are currently at $12 $250,000, which each dollar is a tree planted. So it's been absolutely amazing to watch over this last week how much growth has happened on that. And again, it's a small, simple thing, but it makes a big difference when we think about it, when we are able to pool our resources together, which works beautifully for our text that we have this week, but I think also when we think about it from the aspect of the church or just our day-to-day lives, we often forget how much a small act can make a huge difference, the whole butterfly effect, if you want to put it that way, of how one event in our lives, no matter how small, can drastically change how our future of our life is, and I think we times we overlook that and to our own detriment. Because of that, we then aren't able to see the whole picture of what God is doing with us. So as we are going to look at the text this week, I'm going to start with the All Saints Sunday, which let me explain All Saints. All Saints Sunday is a typically a Sunday to help remember the saints, the ones who have passed on the year before. But I've also noticed a transition with this. It's also a really good time to acknowledge the baptisms that you've had in the last year. So it's kind of the ones being welcomed into the family and the ones who have moved on to the next stage of life. We'll put it that way. Uh, As we are going through this life and kind of having a time of remembrance and thought about that. And I think it's a very important time within the church. I think it's a time to really reflect on a lot of things. And I think these texts this week actually, again, work well together in a lot of ways. So there's a lot to get in here, though. So let's dig into it. The gospel text for All Saints Sunday will be out of Luke chapter 6, verses 20 through 31. This is the gospel on the plains, or Luke giving the Beatitudes, which is where he is talking about, essentially, blessed are the poor, 
for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are the ones who are hunger now because they will be filled. The ones who weep now because they will laugh. The ones that people hate you, who exclude you, revile you, defame you on the account of being the son of man. Because at some point it will turn around when you go to heaven. And essentially the whole opposite, whoa, or yikes, as Matt Skinner says in the Sermon Brainways podcast this week in his commentary, for those who are rich, because you have received your consolation, yikes to you who are full now because you will hunger, for those who are laughing now because you will weep and mourn, to those who speak well of you because they are the ones who can be the false prophets. And then it gets into this really interesting line I feel at the end here in verse 31, do to others as you would have them do to you. And it, we even get before that in verse 29, if anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other cheek also. So this whole idea of this balancing back and forth, and I think there's a lot of correlations we can look at there, but I think it's also a really interesting correlation of when we're looking at our walk just in life. There's times where we are going to be hungry, spiritually, emotionally, physically. It never says what type of hungry we're looking for here. And that there will be times when we weep and mourn, but there will also be times of great feast. And I think at those times, The things that I find really interesting is this, especially, let's get back to those who are blessed, for the people who hate you, who exclude you, revile you, defame you. You have to be part of some type of group, or at least be trying to associate with people to be reviled, defamed, or excluded. But yet, when I am reading these, you look at the ones who are saying woe to, it's often it looks like they are excluding themselves from the community. They're looking like, I have made my change. I can handle this on my own. And I think that's one of the points I will get back around on. The first reading this week is from Daniel chapter 7, verses 1 through 3 and 15 through 18. And again, if this is not a text you're familiar with, I'm going to recommend you go in and actually read this one for yourself because this is apocalyptic type of text here in the Old Testament from Daniel. And essentially, the premise that you get is sounds a lot like the book of Revelation where you're having multiple four winds and four beasts. But at the point I feel like in all this, it comes out of verse 18. But the holy ones of the Most High shall receive the kingdom of God and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. That out of this, the great, the Most High will ascend out of all of this. No matter how lost or how worried and we're trying to figure out what is going on in our lives, it is Christ who will cut through, who will then be able to open that up for us. The psalm this week is Psalm 149 for All Saints Sunday, and this is again praising the Lord who has given us victory, who has been faithful to us, that he's given us the ability to have vengeance on people and nations, but yet still in a loving way, which is a very hard thing to go through. And if you want to look at that, look at verses six and seven, 
where we are given the two-edged sword and it's like we have the responsibility yet God is still with us in that responsibility. But yet it's still this text again of giving homage to who has made us, who has given us this gift, this inheritance like we will talk about here in the next reading. But this ability to be able to praise and recognize what God is doing in our lives. The second reading is from Ephesians chapter 1 verses 11 through 23. And this kind of brings these together. It is through the inheritance which we have been given through Christ that is able to transcend all these things of which we do. It's that because of the Christ coming into our lives, that the love of Christ is able to transcend, that we're able to pray and be able to see how God is working in and among us, but yet realizing that there are saints within us, among us, and ones who will be passing through and giving God the glory in those times, utilizing the people and gifts that we have to give God's glory because that's what we see through Christ is we're able to see in our own lives the ability of what God is able to do for us. So we're going to then jump into the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. The gospel text is out of Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. And this is the only gospel that has Zacchaeus, the wee little man, who is this tax collector who climbs a sycamore tree, which is a big, tall tree, especially in the Middle East at this time. And that the Lord comes to him and is willing to go to his house. Now remember, we have had multiple texts, especially the last few weeks, criticizing tax collectors. But yet here we have this quote coming from Zucchaeus that he is having this transformation. That he's willing to pay back what he has stolen back to people in tenfold. And essentially that he is not separating himself from the community, but again, wanting to be part of this community. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 1, verses 10 through 18. The interesting thing with this reading is that Sodom and Gomorrah are in it. And especially if you know the history of what has happened at Sodom and Gomorrah, they are like abolished from the face of the planet. But yet we hear here as we're reading through this, that they're still trying to praise God. It's just that their heart isn't in it, that they're going through the motions in a way, but they're not having the love of Christ transcend what they are doing to be able to have their worship go to this other level, this place where we're actually supporting each other and working together as a community. And instead, they are very individualistic with how they're doing their prayers and essentially kind of getting called out on it here in Isaiah. The alternative first reading is from Habakkuk chapter 1 verses 1 through 4. And chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And we talked about this reading because it occurred just about a month ago, again, where again we have Habakkuk crying out to the Lord, saying, You know, where are you when things are going wrong? Where are you? And we get the section that's cut out in chapter 1, 
that the Lord comes back to him and essentially says about the worst thing that they possibly could imagine, that their enemies are coming. And in chapter 2, he continues to have this plea. But it isn't just about him. It's about the group of people and who he's with, of where is God right now for all of us? Where are you working? Where can we be putting our faith and knowing that you're there to help us through this time? And I think that's a very important point to be looking at and considering. The psalm this week is Psalm 32, verses 1 through 7. And again, this is then realizing, it's almost kind of this weird lament psalm here, where we are understanding that it's through our forgiveness, through our admitting of our guilt, that our body is washed clean. So in a way, it's us lamenting and giving praise to that, but also understanding the human side of us. And it's through these forgiveness of sins that we have anything to be able to give to God. But again, it is talked about here as an individual sense. But again, we can also think about this in a communal sense that we often don't look at and take the time for lamenting on a personal level or at a community level to be able to actually pay homage and think about the sins that we have caused as as an individual or as a group and actually talk to God as an individual or as a group to be able to work through it. The second reading is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 1 through 4 and 11 and 12. And again, this is where we see this interesting thing going on here, how Paul has heard about what is going on here to the church that he's writing to in 2 Thessalonians. And he's hearing about what's going on and that he's praying that they continue to be faithful to what God is doing and that their church become a place of where Christ's love is boastful in a good way, essentially that the love is transcending what they are doing and that they're being an example of what the church is striving to become at this point. So how does this all tie to science? And if you haven't picked up, there's been some subtle clues, I think, of how I am looking at these texts this week. I'm looking at them from the perspective of community. And I think there's so much that we overlook within community Community helps us realize the gifts of what we have and what others have to offer and what we can learn from them. And I think when we're looking at these texts this week, we can see that. There's times where we are put in positions of power to be able to impact others. And often we throw those away. In a way, we miss the opportunity Or we want to consume the opportunity for ourselves, like we see with Zacchaeus. And maybe we get the opportunity later to actually fully realize what was going on, and it may or may not be too late. In Zacchaeus' case, it sounds like it wasn't too late. But yet, when we put that against the text in Luke 6, I look at this as a very similar reading to what everyone goes through, like I was saying. That there's times where we weep and times where we're poor in some form or fashion, be it physical, emotional, spiritual. And that what ends up helping us through these times is community. 
And I think that's something right now we've really overlooked as a world. And actually one of the few places that I really feel that science can really pave the way. Because there's a lot of times when you're in science, if you have ideas, you test them. And you maybe have your small collective, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Your small collective has your test, you do the test, and part of the science community is that you publish your results. So that we're not wasting time doing the same tests over and over again. And that essentially when you're publishing your text through a peer-reviewed journal, which we've talked about in the past, essentially a journal that gets looked over by a group of peers and are willing and or able to look at the test, make sure they sound credible, or run some preliminary tests on their own to make sure this isn't totally out of left field. It's the constructive feedback that you're able to get from that to be able to see, one, could the test be replicated somewhere else, and two, how are there variables that you didn't think about that weren't being considered that they are bringing up? We also see this in a way with migratory birds. And I know I bring up migratory birds a lot. It's a passion of mine. But also, it's the time of year where stuff is happening like that. And I see it a lot in especially like Canadian geese. We've all probably seen or heard about Canadian geese flying in these miraculous Vs. And the reasons why scientifically is that it it's able to break wind essentially for these other geese making it easier for them to fly the head goose and that eventually it will fall back and let a new leader take charge but realizing that they're able to do that if they're working together that they never be able to do it on their own when i'm reading these texts and looking at these texts it's a cry to how much we need people to be able to walk out this faith life jesus especially in the luke chapter 6 i think hits the nail on the head especially for this generation right now we are more isolated than any other time in our world's history and it's really easy when you're down and out to isolate yourself. Talk to somebody who's unemployed, especially if they've been unemployed for an extended period of time, and you will hear how they are wrestling with stuff, talking about how they wanted to isolate. And the reason I can say that so confidently is I went through that. It was barely over a year, year and a half ago when I first started this podcast, that's exactly what I was going through. And I was isolating myself more than ever because I felt that for whatever reason, I had to take this on on my own. And really when was the greatest breakthrough for me was when I actually started going and talking to people and listening to people. And that's when the pieces started coming together. But when we look at the second half of that text, the rich people, the rich man, not very much different then Zacchaeus, he's isolating himself. He's put himself into this class that makes him among the elite of the community because he doesn't want to deal with the rest of community. Put me above others so that I don't have to deal with them, so that I can isolate and spend time with my wealth. Is that really what we're being told to do? By no means. We keep hearing this over and over out of Luke, and I think it's emphasized this week when we bring these two together. The false prophet comes from the idea of glorifying the self. 
We realize when you're above everything, you miss what actually are the true heartaches of the community and you miss the gifts that you're being given, not just to be able to utilize with others, but the ways in which you have been put and in a position over other people that you could possibly change lives in some form or fashion, and yet we're missing it. We have been given this inheritance from Christ, as we are told in the Ephesians reading, that there are saints among us, that there are people among us who Christ has set aside to be able to help teach us. And yet, if we are isolating ourselves, we miss that opportunity. If I am taking a paper and putting it purely in a position where I am only working on my scientific research and never showing it to other people, to what good is that? It's one of the major complaints you can make about Charles Darwin. Is Darwin, with his evolution of species paper, had it pretty much figured out for good 10, 15 years possibly before he actually published it, if not longer. And the whole reason he published it is he heard of an Australian scientist who was coming to the same conclusions as he was, but he sat on it, essentially leaving himself to his own thoughts and what was going on. And arguably, in a way, one of the most damaging things you could possibly do. Because then it's not moving forward. It's lost time where we could, as a collective, challenge and thought about it critically to be able to forward the ideas on where we're at with these ideas. It's the beautiful thing with science. We can look at the the underground that goes between London and France. And I think it's one of the beautiful places where we can actually see science and technology coming together and how they had to work together and they were having a race to be able to see who could dig more tunnel. And they called it a draw because it was close enough. But being able to get this tunnel to line up when they were marching it from each side, incredibly difficult, especially that this was 20 years ago without some of the technology that we have now with global positioning that's more accurate than it was then. But we are able to work together to accomplish something. We look at Canadian geese and how they're able to work together to accomplish their migration year after year not realizing they can't do it on their own realizing along the way if they're a young goose that they're learning the route from people who have gone on before them who've done this many times before faith is not supposed to be something walked out alone faith is expected to be something worked together And when we look into the environment, into the world, into the science community, we see that community is an essential part of what that is. Our faith life should be even more than that. And I'd argue right now within the church, in some ways we're doing well, but as a whole, I don't think we are. I don't think we spend enough time working together in faith. We like cutting each other down in faith. We like saying that other faiths are wrong instead of actually coming together and trying to work together to be able to figure out what Christ is trying to teach us in this time. We have to remember that we have obtained an inheritance from Christ 
as it's talked about here in Ephesians. And it's through that inheritance of the promised Holy Spirit that as a brother and sister, we come together and work together. It's amazing to me how right now within the church, we struggle with that. But as long as I am from an accredited university with some type of science degree, it gives me some type of credibility within my field to be able to discuss. But yet, when it comes to faith, it doesn't matter what degree I have right now, it probably there will be plenty who not out try to critique and spend and work and grapple with the faith, but would much rather argue the faith. And at that point, I wonder if we are actually seeing the saints among us or if we are getting too consumed with the self and wanting to isolate ourselves. Because to me, that sounds very eerily similar to our gospel text. In the world in which we want to divide, Christians now have the opportunity to look even to the science field and see how we can work together instead of trying to divide. So the Twitter question I have for you this week is where, as an individual and as a church, can we look to unite instead of divide? And the second question would be, Where are you seeing saints among you? I know for me, one of the blessings of being a younger person in an aging church is I see a lot of saints around me. I see a lot of, how I like putting it, of veterans Christians around me who have walked and flown the life of Christianity a lot more time than I have. And it's in those times that I can then learn if I take the time to listen to them. I know for me, this last year, as we've talked about, there's been a couple deaths of major people in my life. But I look at the time that I've had with them as an honorable time as they get promoted to the next job of what Christ had for them. And I got the privilege of getting to know them here and learn about how they were saints among my work. I think there's so many times we miss that because we get consumed with the self. And as we can learn from the science community, it never works best if we do it on our own. We get rejected and we get persecuted like Nikola Tesla in a lot of ways because of how isolated he got, especially toward the end. We are meant to be in community, and we can see it within the science community all the way down to flying birds flying south. We need community in order to live out this faith and to be able to see the saints among us and see the work on where God is moving among us. So, we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.